The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Oh, dude, did you watch any of the uh, the NHL finals? Oh, yeah, no. Dude, it was, I was, like, we didn't watch a lot of hockey this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dallas, like, we watched a little bit because Dallas was in it. Mm-hmm. And Las Vegas and Nashville, like a lot of whatever. And um, but dude, it the the finals were super good. The last uh, like three games were really good. Mm-hmm. And then and then the Blues ended up winning, which was good because because uh, f the Bruins. I don't know. I'm not the I'm not the hockey guy. There's there's some there's a couple other guys that I've had that are are total no total a bunch of stuff about hockey. Right. I'll be talking, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I, I just know Sega NHL '94, <laughs> right?" You're like Red Wings, yeah, uh, Red Wings. Uh, <laughs> were they the Avalanche yet, or were they still the Nordiques, or had they just changed? <laughs> right. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I wonder if that. Oh, I wonder if that Sega Genesis, like all in one thing, is going to have that they have if that ha- if that has the uh, the NHL. It's kind of have they come out with some that? kind of NHL. I don't know. I don't know if it's out yet. Because all I've seen really is the Nintendo. Like I know that they've yeah. got the Nintendo one, but I don't know if the Sega is going to be as popular or as fruitful. Just because I don't think it had as diehard of a following, it might. But yeah, like the thing about Nintendo was like in those early years, they didn't have like what there was no NHL you know 2004 or whatever it was just like if there was a hockey game it was just the hockey game yeah the hockey game with the uh the medium guy the skinny guy and the fat guy yeah exactly exactly you made your team up with them and the skinny guy was really fast and the fat guy could plow through people yeah yeah exactly so that's i think that's going to be the struggle with any of the like newer systems trying to trying to uh make a, a comeback you know because it's like which hockey game do you choose? The most, the newest one, the best, like the I don't know, I don't know. You what, choose like the most popular that? one from from that thing. I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess. But okay. uh, we got some laughs anyways. in there. Sure. <laughs> and if not, then well, you know, then it's my fault that your show sucks. Which <laughs> that's that was always the case. <laughs> that was always a possibility. <laughs> Welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog, hosted by Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Hello and welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I am Brandon, the host, and my guest today, coming back for the first time, Harry Geyer. How's it going, Harry? Oh, it's going good, man. Thank you again for having me. It's always exciting when we get to uh, virtually hang out together. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. It's... And... Uh, and, oh, I was going to say, oh, it, we have a we have a, a a delay here, but I edit this, and so I would probably oh, edit that out. Yeah, I would. I would hope so. <laughs> I 
I mean, you could just leave the delay on and it would be awkward and uh, sound like crap. But, hey, it's your podcast, man. You do what you want. Yeah, that's right. This is my podcast this time, not our podcast. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I... Uh... <laughs> you did all the work with Listen Up, right? <laughs> uh, sure. Well, we can... <laughs> pretend yeah. that is the truth we were doing the video you were editing like half of them right uh yeah i would say I was we took turns right yeah yeah we i'd say we spent some pretty we spent a pretty good amount of time especially like when we were doing the early youtube stuff that was man that was a lot of tedious labor but uh but then we eased then we went the easy route and just podcasted it up Actually, no. We went the easy route first and just did live shows. It was like, screw it. We're just going to, what you get is what you get. And that was the easiest. It was just the live shows. But Yep, up until they removed our channel. Oh, God, man. That, and we lost everything. Oh, that still bums me out. I know. That still bums me out, man. Anyway, enough about mm-hmm. all that stuff, Harry. Since, well, we tried to record this one first but we didn't and so i wasn't able to ask you when i had you on for real the first so now i have to ask you right now harry as i do when i first have a guest on my podcast i have to ask the question that i ask everyone else when did you first hear of pearl jam uh, when did I first hear of Pearl Jam? I would have to say that you were probably my first introduction to Pearl Jam. Uh, when we met in middle school band, uh, I remember you uh, and I both playing saxophone. And I would say, I don't know if we instantly became friends, but I would say like pretty early in the year when we figured out like that we were both kind of nerds <laughs> and when I found out that we were both socially awkward, <laughs> you know, we started hanging out and I knew, I would say you were even seventh grade. I'm pretty sure you were into Pearl Jam in seventh grade. Yeah. So, and I think I remember you like, that's when, that was my first introduction was you let me borrow the 10 import and I think that was my first, like, real, like, holy cow, these guys are awesome. Because up until that point, I really listened to a lot of, I was really into hip-hop and a lot of classic rock, like my parents' kind of music. I listened to a lot of, like, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, that kind of thing. And um, I listened to a lot of hip-hop. And then one day... I remember you telling me about Pearl Jam, and I was like, oh, and and you were like, I've got this CD, you should check it out, you let me borrow it, I took it home, made a copy on tape, and then I also, like, put it on my computer, and I think I eventually burned a CD. I can't remember if I did that in middle school or not, but, uh, so 10, the 10 import was my first introduction to Pearl Jam. And this was back in the day, kids, when putting your CD on a computer, it wasn't just like you put it in and hit import and then you can listen to it on iTunes. No, no. It was much more difficult. What were you, uh, <laughs> did you have Winamp? Is that what you were listening 
what you could listen to it on, uh, or was it man, something else? I can't remember what it might have been. Plate? It might have been Winamp. Um, and then at some point, I remember getting LimeWire. I think it was LimeWire that I was using to download music. Mm-hmm. And I remember the cool thing about that was being able to go on and find a bunch of like crazy random stuff. And and I remember finding Pearl Jam stuff that was like really weird, like stuff that they hadn't really recorded anywhere, stuff from live shows. I remember finding a, a recording of a song called Brother that they did on there. A handful of other things that, that were just really weird, kind of off-the-wall stuff that you couldn't find anywhere just because it was all, like, shared. So um, it was cool because you could, we you know, you could find stuff that, that nobody had a copy of or whatever. And I remember making a CD of that, and I could swear that I have it somewhere. I just could, I was looking for it before the show, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, so that was my earliest memories was listening to Pearl Jam via a CD that you let me borrow and then seeing Pearl Jam a number of times. I, I'm pretty sure that every time I've seen Pearl Jam, you've been there. Yeah, I don't think I would let you see them without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we our history with Pearl Jam goes, you know, pretty far back. Our first show being in Sacramento. Was it Vitology Tour that we went and saw them on? So that was our first, that was my first show was in Sacramento at the Expo Arena. And what was it? It it was the show, it was the show right before the San Francisco show where Eddie got sick. Yes, yes. And it was with Bad Religion opening for him, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. And then, so the funny thing about that is I just recently on Pearl Jam Radio heard that show being played on the air. And I was like, it's totally like immediate flashback to you know, how that show went and the the, mo- the mood of that show. And it was pretty awesome because it was before, I think it was right when they were very first, like, exploring how they were going to uh, do their live recordings because you could tell that they had intended on recording the show but mm-hmm. hadn't really figured out how they were going to do it and make it sound as good as they did, you know, in their later live shows uh the recording of it's pretty pretty poor in certain areas but they played a lot of great songs and uh it was a really fun show and then you know the countless other times that we've that we've seen them you know with uh the rolling stones i was just telling a friend story about that rolling stones show where we waited in line and oh yeah getting super lucky with the uh the way they did the lottery on that show do you remember that yeah, was that the show where it was at um, Ticketmaster and Scalari's? Yes, that was the show. And, and so then... we were waiting in line, and we were probably like like eight people back or something like that. Yeah. We were pretty close, and then they randomly cut the line where it's kind of like, okay, this they is going to be lottery. the real. Yeah, it's like this is going to be the real start of the line, and then it was like two or three people ahead of us. So yeah. we like were like almost cut and had to go to the back of the line. And then they ended up by the time we were what two three people back and by the time we got there they had already sold out the first like at least the first show, maybe the second show. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, Oakland Coliseum having 60,000 seats or something. <laughs> and they sold out that first show and the second show and then like while we were in line they announced that they were going to play a fourth show or whatever. 
And it was like, oh, we, and then they, we found out at that same moment, too, that the tickets were like 130 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, how are we going to afford this? Uh, yeah, that was a crazy. That was back when you had to stand in line for tickets, kids. They released them at a certain time and you had to stand in line for those bad boys. But seeing them with the Rolling Stones was awesome. That Rolling Stones stage that they had. I mean, that was that was an epic thing. It was like one of those things where you might not necessarily care to like really see the Rolling Stones, but it's one that, you know, it's to me, it's kind of like seeing the Eagles. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't really care about seeing the Eagles, but I had the opportunity. I'd go see them, you know. So it was fun doing that. And then, shoot, the we followed Pearl Jam on tour. We saw them again. In, I mean, we've seen them a ton of times in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following them on tour. Yeah. A lot of good times with Pearl Jam, man. We've seen them in Vegas several times. We were at their 10th anniversary show in Vegas. That was pretty epic. Um, what else? I don't know. The following them around when we were like, how old were we? 18? 19? Um, that was 2000. 2000, so we were... 21? 20, 21, yeah. Yeah. Getting to follow them around and... Drink? Legally? Yeah. yeah. Fall asleep and live in our car on the beach <laughs> San Diego. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. But it was awesome, man. Yeah. It's like probably never again, you know, in our life will we have an opportunity to do something like that. So, nope, Not unless we do it with our kids. <laughs> Most likely our kids are going to be the ones that do it while we sit at home and stress out about them being on the road for a week. If they're if if they're playing still by then. Oh, no. I know. It's one of those uh, who knows if it's going to happen. But I don't know. They, I, I would say they, they like I don't know. I don't know any other band from that era that is still playing with the notoriety and the popularity that Pearl Jam has. Like every other band that's from that era that's playing, they're playing those kind of like, uh, like state fair, like tour where they have like eight people. Yeah. 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 They're playing like, as a matter of fact, I just heard that power man 5,000 is going to be playing here in Waco at this little bar. And I was like, Oh my God, really? And then the Toadies play here all the time. So, like, those are – but I, seriously, I can't think of another band from that era, from the 90s era, that still plays with the popularity and the um, – you know, that has the longevity. Can you? Yeah, Dave Matthews Band. Oh, he, he, okay. <laughs> sure. I was going to say New Kids on the Block maybe, but – Oh, that's – that was before but, Pearl Jam. I well, know. Dave Matthews I, Band was a little bit after. That was their second or third album. I think on, uh, Pearl Jam's second or third album when they came out, maybe. Dave Matthews Band. Come on. <laughs> they got lots of people. They they came out with a new album last year, this year. Yeah, but that that doesn't that that still doesn't count. I mean, you could come out with a new album. Who like? Uh, people uh, are nutty for them. Guns and Roses came out with a new album, and they're going to be in Austin this. August. Oh, really? Yeah, they're playing uh, some kind of tour. They're on tour doing yeah, something. What? Uh, how much are those tickets? Uh, they're actually not that bad. You can get tickets for like eighty bucks. It's like a fe- it's some festival that they're playing. Oh, uh, I, it might be Austin City, Austin City Limits tour thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it might be. Um, but they. Uh, like I said, I just I I can't think of really like anybody else that's that's as big, still playing, not you know, 
kind of selling out or or trying to get their career back. Like Pearl Jam's never been in that boat where they've been like, well, our career went away, so mm-hmm. we're just gonna you know play these small shows or we're gonna do these festivals just because we're we're not getting anything else. It's like I'm actually kind of pissed because Pearl it's been forever since Pearl Jam's done like any kind of U.S. tour. Man, they've been playing all over the world and we can't get a can't get a halfway decent tour put together in the U.S. Man. No, yeah, they just last year did their home and away shows, which was yeah. a total of what, like five shows, something like that. Yeah. Oh wait, more yeah. than that. Whoa. Oh wait, no. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven shows. Yeah. See, and they're playing like didn't they do this like a, the baseball? Wasn't that the baseball stadiums yeah. or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, we can't we can't catch a break. But that being said. Um, I, Pearl Jam is definitely the band that I've seen the most. I've seen the most times, and, de- and but you're definitely the the reason that Pearl Jam, you know, was is in my life. Wow, well, I'm glad I did that, so that then I could have you on my podcast years later. Yeah, <laughs> they talk about it. Yeah, I know, right? You're like that was wow. all the plan. I can't wait twenty years. I'm going to do this thing that nobody's invented yet. I'm going to have my friends on. <laughs> But yeah, so um, so yeah, evil little goat, evil little goat. <laughs> no, That's yeah. what we're on here to talk about today. Um, yeah, it's just a uh, little, like a little fuck around jam. So yeah, it's like I was I was doing a little bit of uh, like a little bit of research or as much research as I could on this song, and some of the people that I that I came across were talking about was like, so there was a debate on whether they thought it was just like Pearl Jam being drunk and just recording this thing, or if they were just like mm-hmm. they were just like fucking around and like oh let's record this little thing. So like somebody started playing a riff and then and then start singing on it or whatever that's kind of how it came together and and there's really no like there's no definitive answer out there there's nothing out there i don't think they've ever really discussed publicly like hey this is why we wrote this song or how it came about yeah i think if you can like hear them like you know you get your headphones on and you turn it up you can hear them kind of like saying before the song starts and stuff like that you hear somebody saying go go right go or something like that. And I think I think this was recorded in a session a day or two after their very first show as Mookie Blaylock. Right. They went to the studio and recorded a bunch of demos and stuff to get ready for the record, and they had this on there. And then I think that tape got out, which is why people, some people had heard it before. Right. Because it wasn't, it, it, was it released on the 10 uh, Redo, Redux? Yes. Album. And that was the only recorded, like, actually put out by Pearl Jam version of it, correct? Yeah. This, yeah, this is the officially sanctioned, which is why I'm covering it on this podcast. Right. And then they've only the, the kind of the nostalgia of the or not the nostalgia, but the mystique, I guess, of this song is that they've only ever played it one time live. And it was recently. Yes, it was recently. It was just last year in 2018 that they played it. And up until that point, the only uh, thing that's ever happened is people just request it and Pearl Jam refused to play it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's about it. Other than that, like the, it's just been the mystique of the goat. 
So it's kind of cool. Like it would have been pretty epic to be at that show. Do you know in the in their catalog of songs if if there are any other songs that have that they have never played live that are official tracks? Oh yeah. How many? Do you know that? Um, off the top of my head, of course I know. It's and I am. It, let, let me um, let me just ask you this: crap. If you had to guess. If you had to guess, how many songs would you say? If you just had like just had a guess, um, I would say um, don't cheat. You're 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 flubbing for time. I'm saying guess about five about five five, five songs or so. You you just counted that on me. <laughs> yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> Okay, so what are they then? Since um, you're looking at the page now, go ahead. It looks like uh, they've never done, uh, of course, Pry Two, um, I Davinita, and Stupid Mop from Vitology because those are. Oh, they've never they've never done Stupid Mop. No, of course not. <laughs> that's all just. Tapes yeah, but that's of... but that's the that, see that's the thing is like I think like just like Evil Little Goat, I think you have to find a special moment and then just be like, we're going to blow some faces off tonight and just play these like dumb little things that we've recorded. I think it's, that's, it, it, I, I think that the, that that was tagged at the end of a song, like at the end of, of, of some song, Eddie started saying um, like one of the, one of the things it, it makes, it makes me feel closer to the person or something like that at the end of, at the end of some song. But I'm leaving. I'm leaving that for when I get to that song, that episode. <laughs> right. And okay. So so then, but then here's my question. So do those count? Do those count as like like would you consider Goat to count as far as like song like unplayed songs? Oh no. So then, are you sure you want to include this in your podcast? <laughs> yes, because it was on a in on a. Uh... On a release, because this isn't a real. So, it's like it's a. It's so a, wait it's a, a second. Well, they, they they also haven't done for for people that may be listening. Like think they also didn't do this or this or this. They also haven't done uh, Red Dot, but they used to play that introing into shows before they went on stage right. um, during the Yield tour, but they never like played right. it on stage. Um, they also never played right. Whale Song. Of course. So wait, are you going to ask me to come back and do stupid mop? No, I got Kevin doing is that. that. What, is that what I'm? Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Cause, uh, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you, you call me in on the, uh, on the songs that got, that I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like kind of, and the other sort of ones on this, uh, um, what five or 2000 mile blues, you know, they've never done. But it's it's th- those are kind of like jam like this are, are an acoustic an acoustic number one. They're kind of just jams. They're they're not real songs. They're you know they're outtakes right. that they you know then went and released later on. Right. But they're not real official album songs. So if they don't play them live, that's you know right. understandable. Yeah. No, I get that. Then. Uh, so what we were saying? Oh, we were saying that um, they've only played this song once, one time, um, and it was 
on August 20th, 2018. And you can say yeah, where? August 20th, 2018 at Wrigley Field. Yes. Yeah. Wrigley Field. Uh, and that was the only time. So if you were at that show, which would have been an awesome show to be at anyways, mm-hmm. being at uh, Wrigley Field would have been awesome anyways. But to, to, to get a little a little tidbit, a little just a little morsel of something strange, which I think people like the people that that go to multiple shows that go to, you know, a ton of shows, they kind of look forward to those little moments because it makes them feel special. Like it gives it like a like the show a special moment. Kind mm-hmm. of like when at the was was it at the ten year anniversary show in Vegas? Was that the first time that they played uh, Crown of Thorns? Yep. And so we got to we got to uh, be witness to that, which was pretty awesome. But yeah, so we're looking at you know you looking at goat, and and there's really only one verse in the song if you want to call it a verse, and that's kind of where I was looking when I was like, oh, I should do a little bit of research. I was like, there's got to be something to this. To this little, you know, section of of poetry that we get in the song, um, he says he brought her back from Scandinavia. She wore the mountains, and the clothes were new. She knew the mountains a little dangerous. She is the one, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you get. So it's like I don't even know where you could what you could pull from that, but it was kind of to me it was like it's too specific to be completely random. There has to be something there. Do you have any idea? Any thought to what this may be referring to, if anything? Um, there's a Christmas Scandinavian goat thing mm-hmm. that I guess I guess Santa rides a goat. Oh. In in that tradition, um, okay. there's also uh, Yule Bunking, <laughs> a Scandinavian <laughs> Christmas tradition between Christmas and New Year's Day, where people wear uh, costumes and go door to door, and people try to guess who they are. Um, I don't know what that has to do with the goats, huh. though. The Yule goat. And then, but then you go to she was an evil little goat. So then, why? You know, that's, I don't know. Like I said, it was it was a pretty good chance that they were probably just drinking and uh, <laughs> somebody started talking about a goat and they were like, oh, wouldn't that be funny if we did a, like a song and it was just like jamming out, wrote this little thing of an evil goat and then Eddie like was like, bah, 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 bah. you know, it could be that simple, which wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> it's just fun to think about the possibility of there being some kind of meaning to the song that they've never really disgust you know yeah because nobody would just kind of mess around and make stuff up while they're in a band and <laughs> recording stuff yeah yeah who would do something stupid like that yeah like write a song about uh beef jerky or something <laughs> or a bologna sandwich yeah <laughs> <laughs> you... speaking of which mm-hmm. oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say do you when when we were in a band do you do you think that there was any influence of Evil Little Goat on on Beef Candle? Um, I don't know if it was particular, or maybe it was this, maybe it was the spirit it, of it. I mean, it, it's always a possibility. I I know that Pearl Jam definitely was a huge influence on a lot of the music that we played, but I don't know if this song in particular was was a reason behind much of our music. I think we were. Um, you know, kind of on our uh, spiritual musical journey of our own, 
uh, that, you know, encourage, I, I, I think a lot of our music was written on us being funny anyways, or thinking that we were funny and, <laughs> and kind of doing a lot of music that for that reason, that purpose of like being kind of silly and, uh, at least originally, I think that was kind of the motivation mm-hmm. behind a lot of our music. Um, but I don't know if goat necessarily directly inspired that. But I think definitely when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a funny, like, silly song that I don't even know why this giant band like Pearl Jam would, you know, put a song like this out, you know, because it's such a kind of a, a campy, goofy song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Evil evil Little Goat, not a lot, uh, not a lot to say about it. I mean, it was just kind of a fun little track, which uh, may have inspired some of, of Kibosh's creativity. Then again, you know. Maybe not. And we tried to rip off everything we could from Pearl Jam, so. Absolutely. Darn tootin'. So do you do you have any uh, plugs or anything you want to promote? Anything, even stuff that's not yours? Uh, stuff that no. you think people ought to check out? Food, booze? Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> uh, food, food here sucks. Really? Uh, there's not. Yeah, like in the in the Waco area. Now in Texas in general, food is good. Like mm-hmm. there's good food here. But in the Waco area, food sucks. Oh. Food is uh the Texas like <sighs> most Texan people haven't left Texas. Okay. And so they think that what's here in Texas is the well, not that they think. There it's an honest truth to them that the food that they've had is the best food they've ever had. So Usually when people are like, oh, my God, you've got to go try this place. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is the best pizza. I'm like, I wouldn't even consider this pizza. (laughs) Like, uh, this is not at all like I would rather have Little Caesars than this pizza that you think is the best pizza you've ever had. So it's just it's a lack of culture a lot of times here, which sucks. Mm-hmm. So that's when it's nice to get to like get out to like Austin, Dallas, those areas cuz you've got more culture there. But yeah, the food here not that great. Uh and the 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 one nice thing is that they're starting to there's kind of a revolution of things happening. So there's a possibility of getting more, you know, good food and um that kind of thing. And there's a couple breweries that have opened up. There's a distillery here. Balcones Distillery is here. So, oh, and uh, Tito's is in Texas. Yeah. It's a Texas thing. So, um, but yeah, I don't really have anything to plug, man. There's nothing that, um, uh, you know, I, I don't really have anything. That's all right. I just, you know, it's the thing that all podcasters got to gotta have sure well and i've listened i've listened because you do have uh other people on here that uh, that uh actually have legitimate stuff worth plugging like decent (laughs) like good podcasts and and uh you know twitter you know pages and things like that 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 they actually you know put stuff out on whereas me like yeah i have a twitter handle but i think i've maybe tweeted like four times (laughs) um so you know I, yeah, it's pretty sad as far as my, my social media game's pretty depressing. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah, probably. Especially since, like I said, I don't have, like, I don't have a podcast going on. I don't have any, anything exciting really to plug, so. Yeah, not talking about uh, the state of comedians' genitals and uh, then getting blown up on Twitter yeah, about yeah. it. It's true. That is a true story. 
<laughs> oh, all too true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say your podcast has been awesome, dude. I enjoy listening to it every week, and and uh, I'm excited to see how uh, how the rest of oh, it goes. Thanks, man. It's cool listening to all these people, and you have really good guests on here. Been really impressed with uh, a lot of the things you're doing. So I'm proud of you, man. You you've taken all of my uh, all of my advice and my and my. Uh, Oh, I don't know what to say. Like all my um, <laughs> mentorship, my my mentorship. <laughs> you you you've taken me? that to the next level. Absolutely, I've <laughs> mentored you. If it wasn't for me, Brandon, you'd be nothing. That that's what I'll plug. If it wasn't for me, you'd be nothing. Yeah, if you're saying it, I guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I better hurry up and put it on the internet. That makes it for sure true. Oh yeah, get on. Hey, maybe that could be. Maybe that could be my tweet. <laughs> If it wasn't for me, Brandon would be nothing. <laughs> I would definitely retweet that. Uh, thanks nice. for coming on, Harry, and chatting and catching up, and I'll have yeah, you back again. Me. Sounds good, man. Anytime. I love talking Pearl Jam, so uh, thanks again. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from shoutengine.com slash the Better Band Podcast using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I am on Twitter at BrandENP. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send in any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Harry, and as always, this is Brandon saying, As God is my witness, I'll always be hungry again.